When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor. Gene was good. But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey everybody, welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. And my name is Ben Bolin, and today we are going to talk about a very interesting, um, what would you call it, an incident, an idea? Well, I don't know. I mean, we get a lot of listener mail about um, alternative fuels. Yes, and uh, this is this is an alternative fuel vehicle, all right. <laughs> it certainly is. Yeah, this is one that um, I'm. Well, I don't know how to how to classify this. Um, uh, is it? <laughs> we'll talk about it later. But is it safe or is it not safe? There we go. That's a good, that's a good question. Yeah. What's our listener mail? Well, say? our listener mail says, um, and this comes from Craig. Okay. And uh, Craig doesn't say where he's from, Craig but from um, the internet. Craig from the internet. Uh, he mentioned actually the World Solar Challenge and other alternative. Uh, energy vehicles, but uh, wanted to mention a book that he read about in a book called Alien Hand Syndrome by Alan Bellows, and the article talks about a car planned by Ford called the Nucleon, which is going to be a uh, nuclear-powered car during the Fed when everything was nuclear-powered because it was cool. Yes. And, yes. Uh, you know, Craig, we uh, we actually have an article on our website about this very subject. Yes. Can a car run on nuclear power? That's right. So the Ford Nucleon is a really interesting episode in Ford history. Uh, as as you said, Scott, it became sort of in vogue for mm-hmm. everything to be atomic. Sure. And we did not know as much about atomic energy or nuclear power as we do now. Now, you know – this is in the 50s. So the, at, at the time, we've started working on nuclear-powered submarines. Mm-hmm. And we've said, and nuclear-powered submarines are a little bit different because they're essentially steam-powered submarines. You use nuclear energy to superheat water, which produces steam to power the submarine. Mm-hmm. And it's got some tremendous advantages. Uh, they're also used on aircraft carriers, right? Yeah. It's got this idea of a nuclear engine has tremendous advantages and some very, very, very bad 
possibilities. Sure. Some huge cons. Yeah, there's some problems. Now, we, we've mm-hmm. got, uh, we've got some positives to it as well. Right. You never um, have to refuel. Well, you, you do have to refuel. Do, but not. Not nearly yeah. as often as you would with, uh, with a gas tank, though, mm-hmm. or a fuel tank. Yeah. Um, we're talking, boy, you know, if it's done now, they were talking, uh, back in the 50s, they were talking about, and this is, this is a, um, a 1958 vehicle from Ford. It was a concept that never made it to production, of course. Right, right. Uh, in fact, they only made a scale model of this thing. They made a three-eighths scale model, and it's actually on display at the Henry Ford right now in Dearborn, Michigan. Um, but it, it, the estimated distance that you could travel without refueling is right around 5,000 miles before you had to fuel um, before you had to refuel its what they called a power capsule. Yes, uh, because remember, they're not really building this. This is all just uh, kind of um, you know, wondering what it would be like and how it would happen. Yeah, this is speculation and estimation. But, but if it was done now, you know, mm-hmm. with it, with the advancements that they've made, they say that you know between Phillips, you could go for as long as you know three to five years without refilling, mm-hmm. and that's probably based on you know an average national um, you know mileage. It was mm-hmm. like fifteen thousand miles is the average, national average at this point. Sure, in the yeah, United yeah. States. Um, so three to five years of that type of mileage between Phillips, that's uh, it's not bad. No, it's not, it's not bad at all. Uh, the, the idea being when they originally had the, this idea is that you would, when you did the fill up, you would almost be switching out a reactor or something. And you had the, <laughs> and, and they had at the time, they had a couple of design flaws they had to address. Yes. Uh, the, the passenger compartment of this vehicle is way in the front, mm-hmm. much further than, than the typical car. We've got some different pictures of it where it's like, Sticking out in front of the axle. Sure, yeah. The, yeah. the, uh, the, um, oh yeah, it's in front of the passenger area is in front of the front axle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this is how unusual this vehicle looks. You gotta, you gotta look at our, our site. We've got a photo yeah. of the car, uh, of the mock-up of the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks almost like the proportions of a pickup truck with the wheels shifted back. That's a great description. Um, because the back end is really, really long, but that houses that power capsule. And what that mm-hmm. is, is that's a, that's really you're carrying around I mean, just to put this in, in blunt terms, you're carrying around a uranium fission reactor. Yeah, in a the nuclear back of your reactor. Car, a nuclear reactor in the back of your car. Now, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, it's supposedly safe, clean power, right? I mean, it, it's, it provides, sure. you know, like you said, it, it powers, it, what's really powering the car, it, when it comes down to this, you're, you're driving a steam powered car. Yeah. Because that powers a steam powered engine. Now, there are some negatives. You want to, you want to talk about the negatives and, I mean, yeah. Let's talk about the negatives because the negatives really, as we'll see, ultimately determined the future of this vehicle. Yeah, the fate. The fate is a sure. much better word, Scott. Yeah. So, uh, so the nuclear reactor, the, the power capsule is way in the back because it needs really heavy shielding and you want to keep the passengers away from the, uh, away from the atomic power source on, but, at this time, that shielding was not only very, very heavy, but it was also it had to there had to be a lot of it. You know what? That's still heavy, and there still yeah. needs to be a lot of it, even today. And that's the problem. That that's the problem. Even with the materials we have today, you still need just mm-hmm. a, a ton of shielding, and and that requires a lot of you know material and weight. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the problem is that you know let's just say that you know the, the shielding for like a, a typical reactor. I mean, just a just yeah. In Just general. Comparison. In general. And yeah. This is not exact, Mm-mm. but um, you're going to have um, three layers of several feet of concrete. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually, you're going to have three, you can have three layers of shields plus several feet of concrete. Um, 
for this uh, for the shield, and you'll see that in reactors of the cooling towers that you see today. Right. Um, you know the the giant cooling towers are great big concrete structures. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there's a lot of shield shielding going on inside there. I don't know exactly what the material is, what the what the thickness of all the materials right, right. are, but uh, you're talking about a lot of weight, and that's just something that you know it's not good in a vehicle. We've always, we've talked about that for many many episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from right from the beginning. Weight equals low efficiency. Right. And there's also, so like many concepts, uh, many concept cars, this operates on a, uh, a kind of field of dreams conceit is what I call it. Like yeah. if you can imagine it, the technology will come. So there, there were assumptions here. The chief be, the chief assumption being that we could successfully miniaturize reactors to that point. Mm-hmm. The second assumption being that we could successfully solve the weight problem of shielding um, and the third assumption being that this could somehow be safe in a fender bender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So the, this, you know, some of the the uh, the problems here. You've got accident issues. Yeah. Uh, because you know there's going to be first responders on the scene, mm-hmm. and they may have to deal with uh, radiation issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, not only that, you know, you've got the occupant safety, just exposure if if there is an accident, and if not, just riding around in this thing yeah. all day long. Um, and the other thing is maybe environmental issues. Right. Uh, because you know you're going to have to dispose of this material. Mm-hmm. Um, how is it going to be disposed of? Is it going to be taken care of the proper way every time? Probably Where is it going to go? Exactly. Where is it going to go? Yeah. Um, that's, that's the other issue. And, you know, it's easy enough when, and I wouldn't, I don't mean to downplay this, but it's not, <laughs> it's not easy enough, but, um, you know, when it's a, it's at a reactor facility, um, you know, it's, it's at one location and there's one group and it's a known, Yes. It's a known facility that has this amount, mm-hmm. a, st- a set mm-hmm. amount. Now, when you've got vehicles out on the road, you've got individuals that are taking cars all over the place. They're everywhere. Sure. Uh, cars can be abandoned. Cars can end up in lakes. Cars can end up, um, you know, in barns par- for 50 years. Yeah, parked in a barn somewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, who knows if this thing gets a leak, starts radiating the entire mm-hmm. area, a crop maybe that's being grown Good point. in that area. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of issues that come along with this. Not, you know, not that you couldn't get around a lot of these things, but mm-hmm. a lot of issues that come with it. And overall, it just kind of ends, it lands this thing on, um, you know, what a lot of sites will call like dead end, um, auto design ideas. You know, because, <laughs> yeah. um, you'll see some, you know, some of these lists that have the top 10 ideas that, that failed for whatever reason. Sure, yeah. And the Ford Nucleon will be on that list. Usually. Inevitably, actually. Yeah, yeah, inevitably. So, uh, so Craig, we hope that we're giving you, a a good look at what, what the idea and the advantages and disadvantages of the Ford Nucleon are. Now, the the main thing here, of course, is some of the design obstacles, but also the risk of accidents involved with every car being nuclear powered. It could very quickly make a very bad situation. Now, it's not to say that atomic vehicles themselves are a terrible idea because the Navy has an excellent safety record. Uh, and, and the U.S. Navy is, is probably in the United States the main possessor of nuclear powered vehicles. Yeah, that's right. And you know what? A couple of quick things that I want yeah. to mention before we wrap it up here because, um, there's a couple of recent happenings in this, in this mm-hmm. area and you wouldn't believe it really, but it, it is happening. Now, late last year in 2010, October, um, believe it or not, there's a, a new form of uranium that's been found. It's actually been created. Uh, it's a new, it's, it's kind of a new molecule that they've, that they've made. It's a uranium nitride. And, uh, what it does is it offers cheaper and safer nuclear fuel. Uh, the molecule, the molecule actually extracts more energy from the fossil fuels, making, um, uh, cars more fuel efficient. Um, so it, it's, uh, let's see, who made this? Los, Los Alamos National Laboratory. They're, they're the ones mm-hmm. who created this. 
And uh, basically this uranium nitride uh, rips the hydrogen atoms off of a carbon atom, uh, which is really difficult, I guess. That's what they say. Yeah. Um, I would <laughs> think it would be. Um, but in all, I mean, they say that, you know, for this to be really effective, uh, for it to, you know, be used in com- combination with gasoline to be, you know, make it more, um, energy efficient. Sure. Uh, to make, you know, to actually fuel a car, it would have to become a, um, uh, catalyst. And the problem is that right now, it's not a catalyst. Uranium nitride is not a catalyst. Mm-hmm. So um, there's some issues with it. Now, that's that's an article in Discovery News. If you want to look up, you know, the information about it, I've just skimmed over it here. But right. um, it's called, the article's called, New Kind of Uranium Could Power Your Car. Mm-hmm. So uh, so take a look at that. And that's kind of the, one of the later things in this. And the last thing I want to mention here is a, a very recent Cadillac concept uh, <laughs> that has a funny name. What is um, it? The name of this thing, did you see this? Uh, not yet. There is no. a, there's a nuclear powered Cadillac concept in 2009. So this is, uh, you know, 50 years later. Huh. Cadillac comes out with this. Um, it's called the Cadillac WTF. <laughs> and I'm not joking. So oh, gosh. those of you texters out there know what that means. Yeah, but, Battlestar uh, Cad- Galactica fans, the, uh, that's what the frack. <laughs> the Cadillac, it's called the Cadillac World Thorium Fuel Concert concept mm, okay and uh every it's it's just a concept of course there's nothing sure. real about this it's yeah. just a shell uh it was designed uh to be uh to last 100 years without maintenance ben wow 100 years maintenance free and uh oh the reason for the uh element uh the reason for the name is element number 90 on the periodic table it's called thorium mm-hmm. uh which is a nuclear power that would power the batteries for the car and um I guess everything is redundant because of this 100-year maintenance schedule, right? Right. 100 years. Can you believe this? So, I mean, again, dream big. Pie in the sky, I thought. Yeah. You know, but um, every system is redundant just in case something fails. All the way down to the wheels. You do not have to change the tires and wheels ever on this vehicle, really. I mean, if you want to get down to the, the 100 years. Now, they require adjustment every five years, but there are 24 wheels on this car, Ben. And when I say that, you may think, how is that possible? But it's really, they look like, it looks like four wheels at each, you know, one at each corner. Yeah. But it has six thin wheels at each corner. Like sandwiched? Almost. Like, uh, like bicycle tires, a little bit wider than bicycle tires, all lined up in a row. Okay. And, uh, each one has an induction motor attached to it. Crazy. Talk. So it's, it's nuts. I mean, if you want to look it up, it's, again, yeah. it's called the Cadillac World Thorium Fuel Concept. Or WTF. Or Cadillac WTF. And uh, I thought it was unusual that they're that they're still talking about a nuclear powered car even uh, even this late. Well, because the possible benefits could be so awesome if we could find a way to do it safely. So we're not saying no to nuclear cars, Craig. We're saying not quite yet. Not quite yet. And like I said, there was that fifty year gap in time mm-hmm. before anything ever came out. You know, between uh, the Ford Nucleon and this and this uh, Cadillac WTF. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there, there's some, there's some problems there. You know that yeah. they, you know, they're not just overlooking it. There's a reason that they're not doing it right now. But again, only right now. And, uh, speaking of right now, we're going to head out. So, uh, guys, let us know what you think about nuclear cars. Uh, do you think they have a future? Uh, do you think that there might be a possibility that they happen in our lifetimes or is it a terrible idea? Yeah. What are some of the other problems that we're not thinking of? Yeah. Uh, tell us about them on Facebook and Twitter. You can find our articles on our website, howstuffworks.com. And if you want to talk to us directly, send Scott and I an email at carstuff at howstuffworks.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. 
Join House Stuff Works staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The House Stuff Works iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor. Gene was good. But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.